What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? Hi there, it's Paul, and you're listening to What the Footy, the podcast that takes football fans behind the scenes. Here is what I have lined up for you today. Been well documented, you know, the, the difficulties that he's had and everything. And that is when people were trying to change him. People were trying to stop him from being himself. You know, he went to West Ham and everything. And, you know, people kept saying to me, oh, how much has he changed? How much has he changed? And I'm like, he hasn't changed. He's just being himself again. This week, I sat down with Toby Wakefield, athlete branding guru and brand director for Jesse Lingard. In this episode, we speak about what Toby and Jesse are trying to achieve with the J-Ling's brand, the media pressure the athletes face, our shared love for how US athletes approach branding, a Jesse Lingard NFT collection, life at West Ham, and so much more. This is the What The Footy podcast with Toby Wakefield. I hope you love it. Not like it. I hope you love it. So you know what to do. Download, subscribe, rate and review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's go. Knew some other guys liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school. Now it's putting us. Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that. But then also, they need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. So winning the league, let's just win this to appease the fans. Welcome to the What The Footy podcast today. I'm joined by the man behind the superstar, Toby Wakefield, brand director at J-Lings. Welcome to the What The Footy podcast, man. Hey, man. How are you, Paul? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. How's, how's sort of things with you? Obviously, the season's sort of wrapping up, coming to a close. How are you sort of feeling, man? It's been another crazy season. Um, three games left. Let's you know. There's still so much that can happen. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be good. No, but thanks for coming on, man. And um, one question we'd like to start the show off with is: What is football to you? A business or a sport, and why? Yeah. So, so football itself is a sport, right? That is the you know the football. The, the game is a sport. That's you know. That's 22 guys, 22 girls, you know, playing the, the game of football and enjoying it and loving it and everything. It's the clubs and the leagues that are the business, um, you know. So one doesn't survive without the other. Um, you know, football is one of the is probably the best sport on the planet, in my opinion. That's why it's the most popular, right? And so obviously, smart people have been able to see and identify the opportunities that can create a business around it and everything. So it's the clubs and the leagues that are the business side. Football is a sport though. Um, the federations themselves should be more for sport focused, um, but maybe unfortunately seem to be a little bit more business focused. Um, and dare I say even worse, maybe even self-interest focused. Um, so yeah, I would say that. No, because I think, I think that's quite interesting because I think traditionally we've always seen the athlete um, almost grow their brand and sort of have the commercial deal. They want to go all the way far back as someone like Michael Jordan in the 90s. And you've, you've seen the growing, the growing amount of clubs over the last sort of 10 to 15 years sort of grow how they do things, whether you want to look at PSG and Jordan and stuff like that. But one thing I've always found fascinating is how 
in this sort of modern age how the athletes themselves how they actually do things in and around the way clubs police things sometimes like I've typically heard someone like Reese Wabara speak about how when he was doing the fashion brand that, that he runs MDV alongside playing football, people are always saying you're distracted, your mind's not in the game anymore, if you love the passion and the, the hunger for the game. And I thought it would just be great to to understand more about what, what, what you're doing for athletes, because I think one thing about Jesse that really stands out to me, is I think I was saying this to you, is that if you look at a lot of um, sports like whether that's basketball, NFL, a lot of fans follow the, the actual athletes themselves and have that affiliation and, and affinity with them. And in football, we only care about our team. Like for all my sins, I'm an Arsenal fan. So it's all about my players and, and the players around us. But I think you only have a few players like the Messi, the Ronaldos, where fans can all gather around them. But I think the unique thing about Jesse and what he's built and, and what you guys have built is people sort of rally around him as well, would you say, in terms of whether that's Arsenal fans, West Ham fans, Chelsea fans, sort of get behind the brand. And I want to understand how you guys created that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot lot to unpack there, I guess. Um, yeah. I, guess I guess with the... I think there's definitely a culture thing. You've mentioned the yeah. States already, um, and it's definitely much more culturally acceptable for athletes to be brands out there. Um, it's also a much larger market for both business businesses and for fans and everything. So it does allow for multiple uh, athletes in across a lot of sports being able to be, um, you know, big brands themselves and everything. Whereas here in the UK, I guess there is much, you know, football is distinctly the largest sport, right? Um, yeah. And again, as you say, it's very. It is all. It is very tribal in terms of this is my team, and uh, you know it's the team first, not the player first, and everything. So, um, yeah. but with with Jess and everything, you know, I think what Jess does or has has done, and what makes him so unique and interesting is he's cut from a different cloth. You know, he's yeah. he's he disruptor in the fact that. He dances when he uh, scores his goals, you know, he has all the handshakes, you know, he's uh, this happy-go-lucky guy that, you know, can, you know, hang with all the rappers and all the other sportsmen and everyone wants to, you know, he's so infectious and everything. So, you know, he's, he's somebody that when he's happy, he makes other people happy and everything. Um, yeah. And I think people generally like to see people be happy at what they do. Um, you know, and again, he, he went through some difficult times and the things that made him unique about himself, you know, his dancing, his handshakes, his elaborateness, you know, his, you know, his entrepreneurial side with his fashion line and everything. Yeah. People attacked him for it. Ah, you're messing around and you know, you're not, you're not concentrating and everything. But the reality was, is that, is that that's how he found pleasure off field. You know, that's how he found to relax. Some players go and play golf. Some like to drink yeah. red wine, and, you know, cook nice food. That was what how Jess relaxed and everything. And so he was just, you know, doing things that he found interesting and doing things that, you know, other people found interesting because people were like, well, we've not seen this before. You know, we've not seen this, you know, from um, football because people were saying he shouldn't be doing it. And, you mm. know, it, it's not, and it's not what should be done if you're a professional footballer. So, I think from that side, that's how, you know, we've always wanted to try, kind of portray Jess is that just 
staying true to who you are and you know who he was and you know hopefully being a bit of a leader in that space in terms of you know showing people that if you do do that type of stuff you can you know you can be successful you know no matter what yeah because even just sort of touching on some of the things you mentioned there i find it quite interesting how in this country we kind of attack athletes and sort of get on their back for for showing that authentic sort of personal nature behind them because on one hand like i'm not sure if you saw the stuff with uh, Phil Froden in the tweet um, that, that he added to, to Mbappe. On on one hand, you have the pundits who kind of get onto these players for being elaborate and being eccentric, and now saying, "Hang on a minute, we want to actually hear from you. We want you to be authentic." And the the two of them don't really marry up, and I've I've just never understood why we we just don't almost keep the football separate, keep weapons off the field separate. And like you mentioned there, some players like to go for golf, some don't, and some like to do other things, but you've always had this, I've never really got this obsession around almost associating how players perform with what they're doing off the pitch. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it is a cultural thing. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, it, you're right. I, I don't understand it as well. I don't understand why, um, you know, an athlete, you know, and it's not just football, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's rugby, cricket, it's it's whatever, really, you know, if you're not performing um, at the level that you should be or you could be and everything, you are almost deemed completely not allowed to do anything else off field and yeah. everything, you know, um, and it makes no sense, you know, because you're just, you're just piling on so much pressure and, you know, trying to cage somebody into something that, you know, sometimes they need to escape from. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so I don't, I'm with you. I don't understand the yeah. why so many people want to just pigeonhole someone and say, you're this, so you can only do that. And if you are, if you don't do that, then I'm going to immediately say that you're wrong and that, you know, you, you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be doing that and that you're a bad influence. Yeah, because it's, it's an interesting one because then what happens is that players dedicate their whole entire life and career to, to football and then when they retire and, and they have nothing to do or no other interests and, and they can go down another path like when I was speaking with Chris Kirkland and sort of the path he's gone down with is the mental health route based on his experience and partnering with, with tech companies and startups in and around that realm. So I think it's important for athletes to really really cultivate that stuff for money. Like I, I had Les Reed on here, me and him spoke about the stuff that Ryan Bertrand's doing, even even sort of Wiley's playing as well. So I think all that stuff is important. And I wanted to even ask you just on that as well, what's your sort of relationship now with social media? I know obviously you've been in this space for, for a number of years now and you've seen a lot of these platforms grow and take off. We see someone like Cristiano Ronaldo who has 500 million followers across all platforms generating more money on social media than he does through his actual football. Um, what's your sort of relationship with social media and how do you think, how do you think it's evolved and, and the things we're seeing now around council culture and the stuff that, that players are really, really, um, really going through right now? For me and how I look at it, like yeah. social media is a marketing tool. Um, the platforms are a marketing tool for me. Um, you know, each of them, 
provide special, you know, individual values, you know, in terms of what kind of message you want to put out. It depends on what type of platform you want to use. Um, they, they are fantastic for, you know, connecting athletes and people with everyone around the world. You know, it has, yeah. you know, we have to be honest to say like, look, you know, without social media and these platforms, you know, you couldn't get this kind of insight or this connection to your favorite athletes or, you know, personalities or anything like that. Where it becomes, uh, you know, difficult, and we're seeing a huge increase at this at this moment, is where social media, you know, people are trying to portray a lifestyle or a way, you know, that just is not there, is not true and everything, and, you know, doing it for the gram, right? How many times have you heard yeah, that? Yeah. Um, and that's where it becomes dangerous because it becomes more of a, a perception rather than a reality of like oh it's more important to be perceived as doing this or that or here or there uh, rather than actually having any real substance about you and everything um and so and again you know we see obviously the the problems at the moment with you know particularly very very critical and very negative and very horrible trolling that can lead to some really terrible events and everything um and then just the lack of accountability and uh from that side you know so hopefully that will obviously start to get uh addressed because it is starting to become you know very very bad um and yeah like i say like you know in uh, me personally for social like how i consume social media um you know, I, I, I still like it. You know, I'm on, I'm yeah. on most of the platforms, you know, I, but I think it's, it, it has come with maturity. It has come from being able to recognize what is, well, that's clearly fake or that's clearly staged or that person is doing X, Y, Z just to be looked like this. And actually like what is a genuine, you know, content or genuine post or something that you think yo that's really cool and i really like that and i would never have got to be able to be a part of that if, if it wasn't for this account and you know and the, the, these platforms and everything yeah because i think it's quite an interesting space because i think if you look at the sort of the, the millennial gen z gen sort of alpha sort of community a lot of them don't have trust in brands per se and your traditional sort of influencers so i think we're kind of in an age now whereby the athletes are actually the influencers and those are the people that that people want to really hear from and I, i'd love to know like what, what's generally like your advice to people like jesse and other players that you work with in terms of sort of moderating their social media are you like comments off or what's your sort of um because it's, it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a tough tough platform to be on i've, I've spoke to, to different people so far on the podcast about in terms of the sort of laid back approach that the uh, that the networks take but what's your sort of general approach to them with jess it's it we yeah. use social media as a marketing tool and everything you know yeah. uh, a, we, we we have a very clear understanding and goal of what we want to try and achieve with his personal yeah. brand and the importance uh the important messages that we want to get out there as, as well as showing the you know fun side to him and you know his entrepreneurial side and everything like that um it, it's, it's very much like horses for courses in the fact that you have to understand what you really want to get out of it if you don't understand yeah. what you want to get out of it or what you um are trying to achieve then these things will derail you very quickly um and you know and so it's just it's just a clear 
it's just being able to really focus on um, what you are doing and not really worrying too much about what somebody else is doing. I think like, yeah. you know, if you, if you want to, you know, if you want people to listen to you, say something interesting, you know, yeah. if you want somebody, if you want to be a leader, then uh, if you want people to follow you, then, you know, be a leader. If you want to, you know, um, be influential in anything, you know, develop the ability to affect people. And then, you know, if you want to be authentic as well, say something that is true to who you are. If you, if you do these kind of things, like then what happens around those shouldn't really matter, bother too yeah. much because you, you, you understand what you're trying to do in that, in, in, with, with, your, with your particular messaging and with your particular you know, strategy and everything. So I think we don't really try and taper to to what's what's being done uh, or what's yeah. being commented on and what's being said around what we try and do and everything we obviously take yeah, it yeah. into account and we obviously talk about it and stuff but you know one you can never please everyone you know that's the, yeah. that's the first and foremost so you know um and again you have to put you know value on your evaluators you know if if you, if you know, if somebody that you really respect and really, you know, uh, admire and trust is is coming out and going, mm, maybe not, or this, that, and that, and you go, well, hang on a minute, if that person is saying that, then maybe I, maybe I have kind of missed the mark, or maybe I am doing something. But if it's just person anonymous person X somewhere yeah. you don't even know, then you're like, who's this? I don't care, you know, because I don't, you know, you have, so from that side, again, we, we, we want to make sure that the, we value our evaluators, um, you know, yeah. and then kind of see what they have to say. And, and just even going on off of what you said there about the messaging and, and what we're trying to do and achieve with, with Jesse's brand, what, what are you guys trying to, to achieve essentially? Yeah. So, you know, I think Jesse is a massive advocate as I've kind of already said about just being true to yourself. You know, he yeah. has his clothing line with the messaging, be yourself. Be yourself, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, and again, you know, Jess has um, been well documented, you know, the, the difficulties that he's had and everything. And that is when, you know, he was trying to, you know, people were trying to change him. People were trying yeah. to stop him from just being himself. You know, people were trying to do things to him that, you know, just weren't him and everything. When he started, and, you know, especially when, you know, he went to West Ham and everything and, you know, people kept saying to me, oh, how much has he changed? How much has he changed? And I'm like, he hasn't changed. He's just being himself again. He's, you know, and so yeah. he's being able to show that, you know, the most powerful thing is being true to who you are. If you believe in that and if you say, no, I'm not going to change to fit in here or I'm not going to do that because somebody else says I should and everything, you know, if I go, if I, if I love to do that, I'm going to do it. If I want to do that, I want to do it. You know, there has to be a level of respect and, um, you know, maturity, yeah. of course, but, you know, so that's, that's our kind of, you know, our mission is for people to look at Jess and, you know, see somebody that actually, he is being true to himself and he is, uh, you know, he's being successful because of it. You know, he's not changing for anyone. And, um, yeah. you know, if we, can, if we can, if we can help inspire somebody who, who may be going through something similar to go, no, nah, actually I'm going to, I'm going to do this, then that'll be a job well done for us.
No, I 100% agree. And I think that's what I sort of alluded to at the start, the whole idea of, like, you look at football, very, very trial, but you've got a player here who's not conforming to the standards of you have to act in this way, you have to do these things. And it's, it's, I think it's quite refreshing to see. And um, I think even just on that as well, and, and, and the point like, that you mentioned there, and the point I mentioned of, of athletes being that those, those sorts of influences and being those role models to almost carry the weight of being the person that fans want to hear from when when issues arise in, in, in football, whether that's the European Super League, whether that's to do with racism, whether that's to do with other sort of social issues in, in society. Um, because we're seeing this growing trend whereby people want to hear from, from athletes. I spoke with, with Mark, he was at Rock Nation, and, and he spoke about how athletes, it's important for them to, to use and leverage and harness their power to, to really speak about this stuff but obviously it's important to get the right messaging out there and the clear messaging but then again with social media you have the pressure of not speaking soon enough oh you spoke too late and even when you do say something that makes sense people still sort of have an opinion to say I'm going to kind of be a little annoying and be sitting on the fence a little bit and say yeah. that the, the, the athletes do and don't have a responsibility um, yeah. when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, and what I mean by that is that it's, a, for me, it's about finding what you're passionate about. Um, yeah. But that does take time. You know, I've been lucky enough to work with a number of top athletes and everything, and I've really pushed for them to get involved in charities or campaigns or movements or whatever it could be. But the word there is push. And yeah. it, it, if you can't feel connected to what's this, what the, what this stands for, what you're trying to do, then it doesn't work. So, yeah. and so for somebody to say, Oh, you should be talking about this, or you should be standing up for this, or you should be involved in this. It's like, well, what if that person doesn't feel actually that connected to it? Or what if that person thinks, do you know what? My passion is this. Um, and it's just about finding it. And if it takes a little bit of time, don't worry about that. Because once, but it, once you do find it, that's when you have to be committed to it. And that's when you have to say, okay, well, I'm going to see this through you know, to the end. And I want to see this. I want to be uh, affecting the change that I want to see in this particular area. It doesn't matter what that area is, in my opinion. Um, you know, and, and I think this, when people say, oh, yeah, no, they should be doing all this and everything. I don't truly believe that unfortunately we see too often that people will say that, but they don't actually mean it. Yeah. You know? lip service, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the average fan unfortunately cares more about like the vehicle rather than the message. And what I mean by that is, you know, a conference player here in the UK could come up with the, uh, you know, solution of turning water into pure gold. No one would care yeah. because he's a conference player, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's this um, warped outlook that if you're not performing at the highest level of uh, your area, then, you know, and if you, you know, again, if you are for some reason, you know, not doing as well as you maybe could be or whatever and everything, then, you go back to this, what we were just discussing of like, well, you should just be concentrating on this and you should be concentrating on getting better and everything. And unfortunately we see it with 
you know, a couple of um, other you know, players and everything, you know, someone like Marcus Rashford, who had that amazing campaign with Feed the Children and, you know, yeah. it was phenomenal what he achieved and everything. And it was fantastic. Yet, even off the back of a few bad games, you know, which every player does, people were still saying, you know, why are you, you know, why are you now talking about this? Go back and train, do this, this and everything. And you're like, this is mental. Like, this is... Yeah. This is actually crazy that these people say one thing, or we want them to stand up, but when they actually do, if they're not performing at the level that they people consider that they should be within the thing that they are paid for, they get they get attacked for it. And again, it's one of those ones where, in those instances, it, it is difficult for these guys to say, "Well, why do I need to put myself out there when people just attack me for it?" Um, so yeah, but. Like yeah. I say, once they find their passion, once they find that thing, whatever it might be, yeah, I, I think that they, you know, should have, um, you know, the, the, the strength of being able to go, okay, how do I want to affect this part? Um, what do I want to see change? And, you know, how do I, you know, do that and commit to it? And, you know, it's not just six months, one year, it's 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it might be to get the change. Because again, you can't dip in and out of these things because yeah. you know it, um, it, it. People see through it, and you know people. Um, you, you know it damages it damages a lot more than it than the good that it does. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think even even like you mentioned there, if, if the athletes don't want to run it themselves, like someone like a Marcus Rashford did, then there's there's some great organisations out there like Common Goal that athletes can get involved in to. To, to really try and help and benefit people out there. But I think now is a great time to go into my favourite part of the show, which is what the foot are you lying for? So have you prepared some, some answers for that, Toby? Or I have, mate. I have indeed. So, um, yeah. yeah. I hope, ho- ho- hopefully I can win this one, the, the final one, because last week I lost. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I lost, I lost. So, yeah, hit, hit, hit me with your three, please. Okay, two truths and one lie. Here we go. So, back in uh, my more uh, agent-orientated days, when I was part of a team of uh, um, a network of agents brokering, uh, we were threatened by essentially the Serbian mafia for what they considered messing up a deal in France. Um, I thought I could sign out of Breaking Bad or something. Um, but yeah, hit, hit, hit me the other two. Yeah, the other ones as well. Yeah, the other ones, please. Yeah. Um, so more recently, I was offered personally £10,000 in cash um, to have one of my clients uh, appear on a TV show, uh, just literally step on the, the, uh, onto the show wave and come off it uh we had gone down for a um a different event and um we were uh, lucky enough to go see taping of a show and uh one of the producers said i'll give you ten thousand pounds cash right now if you get him to go on and the final one uh and the final one is um as i said before i've been lucky enough to work with a number of top athletes uh, and I have been personally thanked in three autobiographies. Three autobiographies. 
Um, the Serbian Mafia one, that sounds absolutely bonkers. Um, £10,000 cash right on the spot to go on and wave. Oh, I'm going to say that is a lie. Um, I don't know where someone would have this £10,000 sitting about, but um, I'd say... Oh, the autobiography one, I think that could be true because I think I've I looked through the archives and I think I saw photos of you and some some ex pros like Robin Van Percy. So um I think I think I'm gonna go with that as, as true. <laughs> um and threatened by the Serbian mafia. Oh, I'm gonna go with that one as true, but we'll um we'll find that towards the end anyway, Toby. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to also ask you as well what your thoughts are on this growing trend that we're seeing now with athletes taking control of the message and effectively becoming their own media brand. We're seeing it with Ben Foster, the cycling uh, goalkeeper. We're seeing it as well with Rio Ferdinand with with his channel uh, Five. We're seeing it as well with Hector Bellerin with his sort of platform as well. What's what's your thoughts on this sort of growing trend and disruption that we're seeing now, whereby athletes are actually preferring to go on to to podcasts to, to speak with youtubers as opposed to to the old-fashioned way of sitting down with with traditional media i like it um i think it's it does take a lot of um inspiration from the american uh, athletes um where it's a lot more um you know prevalent um i think the the, the value in anything comes from ownership right so whether that be a bit of a business or whatever so being able to own your narrative is super important um and these are great ways of being able to get your messaging out there and to get your you know your values and your principles out there and everything you know but it doesn't always guarantee the uh that you know people will believe it or people will you know react to it in the way that you want or anything like that because you know you have to be able to work alongside other key opinion leaders within your industry and what in in the spaces that you're trying to achieve because the re, if you the reality is is that if i say i am x and then 10 other people say no actually he's y well guess yeah. what i'm y yeah so, so so you have to be able to work with these people that and kind and you know and then when you get these guys also speaking the truth around your your principles and everything then it becomes more solidified and it becomes your own narrative so having just your you know shouting at the rooftops your own thing and everything doesn't always guarantee that you know people are going to say oh yeah okay well that is what he's all about and everything but you know i think there's a lot of especially within the football space you know podcasts youtube um you know a little bit more you know different new media and everything gets these boys out of the typical media headspace right where it's camera on them uh, microphone in front of them advertising boards behind them and they go into their okay i'm in i'm in media mode now so it's you know how many how many post-match interviews have you uh seen that you just like ah oh, this is this is so boring and this yeah. is 
because you know that they're just saying something that is going to is that they know that the club is going to want them to say and everything so in this element it allows them to be freer allows them to be uh you know more, more authentic because they don't feel that they are being watched as much or uh, as constrained as anything and so you get a much better um or at least a more honest uh, uh, um, opinion or answer or you know an idea of what they they truly are about yeah no definitely and even just going back to, to what you mentioned there we've taken inspiration from from the us and us athletes like you mentioned there i know kevin durant has the boardroom which i tune into quite a lot um, LeBron has the shop as well. Um, I've just always been a big believer that whether that's in terms of how um, US athletes do things, whether that's in terms of how the franchises do things, obviously uh, promotion and relegation aside, I've just always felt that we're just so behind here in the UK in terms of, 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 of how we're approaching things. Like what's, what's your sort of opinion it, it, sort of in terms on taking inspiration and how much inspiration you take into the stuff you do with with athletes like Jesse to that from 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 those sports and from those athletes. Yeah, the, I mean, the, there are three guys that I really really like over in the yeah. state, um, and you know, I I kind of follow them religiously myself because I really do because again, they very much um, have a lot of the same principles as what Jess has, and that is being yourself um yeah. so the first the first one is Damien Lillard um at the Portland Trailblazers you know the fact that this guy can be as good an NBA player as he is a, a rapper you know and releasing music under Dame Dollar and everything is crazy to me um you know it's yeah. uh, you know being able to be selected for the all-star game and then being the main event performing with Lil Wayne at the All-Star, you know, is just like... Mental, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, this guy is unbelievable and everything. And again, he's, he is so unfiltered with what he says. You know, maybe sometimes too much. You know, so I'm sure his uh, brand directors gets a few sleepless nights and everything. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I think you know, he is a, a real, like, no, I'm, this is who I am and I'm going to be it. Um... So then, yeah, so then there's similarly like Juju Smith-Schuster over at the, uh, the Steelers and everything. You know, his YouTube channel's great. Uh, he's got, you know, a million subs on it and everything. And again, it's, it's, it, he celebrates it. You know, he's, uh, you know, that's what he does for fun. That's why, how he relaxes. You know, people, you yeah. know, love to see him on there and everything. Um, you know, and again, you know, Jess has had a, has got a YouTube channel and, you know, he's, you know, we've been doing some stuff with it recently. We get we get some really great, you know, um, you know, uh, results from it, and he loves doing it and everything. But again, it was when it was, you know, he he was being attacked with it before. You know, why is he doing this? And you know, he shouldn't yeah. be and everything. So, you know, that's that's a, a bit of a one. And then you've got someone like uh, Cam Newton, um, you know, and his style, you know, just how he dresses, you know, he's a new hat every week, you know, yeah. and all stuff like that. Like that is, again, so flamboyant, so out there with how he is and everything. You know, he's a, you know, he's a big um, stogie smoker and everything. But again, you know, it's not criticized in terms of oh, why are you doing smoking? He's got a great show that he does called Sip and Smoke and get some great people on there as well. Um, 
And so those three elements, you know, those three guys and those, you know, what they are doing with their bits, you know, I really look at it and go, yeah, these guys are really being who they want to be. Um, and they're saying, no, nah, I'm not going to be somebody else. And so that's where, you know, we look at it and we go, you know, we can take, we can take some good inspiration from these guys and hopefully apply it to Jess um, and kind of, you know, you know, deliver a, uh, you know, a service and a strategy for him that basically says, yeah, like, this is how you are going to also be uh, true to yourself and, you know, how we're going to put it out there um, for everyone to see. No, I think it's so important. Even just on that, I was thinking back to, uh, to, to Ben Foster's channel when uh, one of the Derby players celebrated in front of his camera. And he, he was saying that on another show that he went on that he was really thinking of the thumbnail after the goal went in. So um, I thought that was quite brilliant. <laughs> um, but, um, but, but yeah, I think even, even just some, on, on what some of the stuff that, that you mentioned there, like I think I'm just waiting for the day until football in the UK just becomes unfiltered. And for example, like even the whole fuss around Foden um, tweeting, and I, I don't get why that was such a big deal. Like him tweeting him saying, are you ready or, or let's go or, like I want to see athletes having that sort of that sort of competition, like whether it's a bit of a laugh or a joke. Like we see on um, on Twitter, I think there was a there was a goal that Jesse scored against Wolves, and Lukaku was was tweeting about it. And obviously, Italian fans would have seen that and come, came over to Jesse's audience as well. So, like I want to see that sort of stuff, and I think we see it a little bit with players like Declan Rice and Jack Grealish and. Listen, I'm all for it, really. So, so yeah. Yeah. I, it's, yeah, it's one of those ones where I think it's getting there. I do. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a generational thing as well, you know, yeah. um, as, as, you know, players who I think, you know, my generation, you know, the millennials, you know, we were, you know, we can still remember when Twitter was, you know, just being launched and everything. Do you know what I mean? Um, when Snap was Snapchat and when it was just, the, you know, we can remember the first time this was, yeah. whereas now, you know, uh, Gen X and, uh, not Gen X, sorry, Gen Z's. Gen uh, Z and Alpha, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, these guys are true digital natives and everything. And, you know, they are seeing, you know, they, these guys live their lives on these platforms and everything. And so there is going, it is shifting you know, and it is shifting towards, I think, a much more freer approach to uh, people just being able to do or say what they, um, you know, what they want to, how they want to be really perceived and everything. And I think, um, yeah, and I think it's, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a, how, like, I see with a lot of the young U21 boys, yeah. they're really great at hyping each other. Like really great, you know, um, your Reese Nelsons, you know, yeah. your you know, uh, Sanch when he was back there and everything, you know, they were, uh, you know, really, really great at being, you know, clearly friends off the pitch, even though they were all playing for major clubs and major rivals from a club side of thing and everything. And I think that was really nice to see because it's like, these guys are all super professional and they've got a job to do and they know what they have to do and everything, but they're not afraid to, 
you know, hype their best mate who's just been able to achieve something or, you know, who's just done something incredible. You know, they all, they all love it and everything. And I think that was a real, for me, that was like, look, there is clearly space for this. You know, you can do this. And, you know, what, what is the harm in it? What is the harm in, um, you know, an Arsenal player, um, you know, celebrating uh, one of his friend's achievements at Chelsea or something like that? Like, you know, now there'll be people saying, nah, never in a million years, you can't do that. But, you know, it, I think, like I say, it's a, it's a generational thing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting one because, like, everyone has an issue with the high fives on the pitch and people commenting on each other's posts and all, all these different sort of things. But for me, like, as long as, like, my players, like, I'm going to ask, as long as my players give 110% for the 90 minutes, I, I, I couldn't care less what happens outside outside the 90 minutes on the pitch, off the pitch. Um, and, and I think I think that's the most important thing. But I want to ask you a two-part question, um, which is what disruption do you believe or things that, that you almost see or trends that, that are sort of happening that you're really excited for in the sort of athlete space? And what are you thinking in regards to NFTs and potentially launching a, uh, a Jesse Lingard NFT collection? Because I think the other day, uh, be engaged uh, announced their launch run with Alfonso Davies. So it'll be really cool to to hear your thoughts on the uh, on the NFT space. Are, are you for it? Do you think it's a it's a Ponzi scheme? Do, do you think it's a a revolution? Or so I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know anything about cryptocurrency or blockchain or yeah. anything like that. Right? I just yeah. don't. It is. You may as well be speaking French to me. Um, so. That side is really difficult. The NFT space, though, in terms of why somebody sees something as valuable, I get 100%. Like, yeah. some people will go, well, I don't understand. Why is that valuable and everything? Um, where I'm like, it doesn't matter if you don't see the value. It matters that somebody else sees yeah. the value. And that if you can, you know. And what I, think, what I think I love about the NFTs as well is that, um, you know, you're creating, a, a, you know, range or you're creating tokens that are only you can do you know Raheem Sterling can't go and steal a Marcus Rashford moment and turn it into an NFT you know uh, Harry Kane can't you know take a Deli Ali moment and everything you have to have your own fan base and you have to have those moments in your career that yeah. you know define who you are and everything that's 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 the intrinsic intrinsic value that you will be able to hold as an athlete that actually my story, my journey has been, you know, only I have that moment and someone is going to find that very valuable and everything um, from a collector and everything. I think what is, uh, you know, uh, a bit of a, a false narrative, I guess, is this, you know, you see Gronk, Patrick Mahomes did silly numbers, uh, you know, 4 million in 30 minutes, three and a half million in like two hours. Um, Paul, was it Paul Logan or one of the Logan brothers did something like three and a half million and everything. Those are serious outliers that from the people that I've spoken with in the uh, space and everything are like, no, it's not representative of how NFTs really work and what is really yeah. going on and everything. So you have to kind of take those out of those equations and everything. The other thing is as well is that NFTs should be for the fans, right? You know, they should be, um, and this is why 
you know, if, if, if it's only a crypto based NFT or if you can only buy it via crypto and everything, not everyone has crypto yet. No, yeah. you know, so, you know, you need to be able to, and again, these one of one super rares where they are, you know, starting off at six figures and everything. Again, you really start to, uh, you know, alienate your, 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 your predominant fan base and everything. Now, yeah, yeah, I also understand though that in this space, it is an investment, you know, there are going, it is going to attract these, you know, big whale investors who see the value of something that, you know, um, uh, accumulates value over time so that yeah look i'm going to come in because i've got money and i'm going to buy this because i can see the value of a you know of a harry kane nft and i'm going to sit on it for five years and then i'm going to sell it off and everything yeah i totally understand all that as well so but i think for me and everything you know i am definitely having conversations within the nft space for jess and everything and it's you know it's, it's super exciting and super new space for us you know we're looking at but we want to make sure that we have this right balance of being able to you know create something again different within the market space um something that we think is actually valuable um to a fan or an investor and everything and then basically making it um as widely available to all his fans and not just say, well, we're only going to create this and, you know, it will just be for these type, these fans here and everything. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, what we're trying to do in it. Yeah, do you know what it is? I'm just really fascinated about the space to the point that I did a whole entire episode on it. And, um, and I think that some people just think it's just art, but it can be whatever it, like, it wants to be. Like, I'm, I'm reading stuff of people using it as a way to to tokenize selling digital advertising. Um, and, and even just like looking at some of the stuff you mentioned, do you think about an NFT collection with autographs from Jesse in a world whereby um, fans aren't at the stadium with him driving past in his car for him to sign stuff for him, you can create 10 Jesse Lingard uh, autographs, tokenize them as NFTs and someone out there can get them at a decent valuable price. So it can literally be as basic and as simple as that to um, tokenize any special moments like NBA Top Shot have done with stuff like yeah. the, the moonwalk and the millie rock against Arsenal that, that really pained my heart that day. Um, so um, it, it can literally be anything anything you want it to be. So I was fuming I that day as well, you know. I was in a, um, I was down in Portsmouth for the weekend and I was in the pub literally watching it all unfold and I was fuming seeing that. But that, that would be a great NFT moment. See, like I said, that, that's a very iconic Jesse moment, right? Yeah. Nobody else has done that. And nobody else can have that moment that is, you know, his for his entire life and everything. So, yeah, if, if there is a way that you can create something around this moment in time and make it, you know, connect it from a physical world to an, a digital world and, you know, try and do something that you think, yeah, this is something that, a fan, a collector will really be proud of to be able to say, I own this, then yeah, it's something that is really interesting and really fun to, you know, explore and, you know, see where that can take us and everything. But yeah, I was, I was going to say like, what other sort of trends do you see happening within this sort of space that you're really, really fascinated about? Uh, AR is obviously going to be, you know, uh, really interesting. Um, I think that, you know, we've already started to see um, brands dabble in it. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, 
I think it's going to be something that is going to be uh, really interesting moving forward because it's one of those uh, technologies that I think will get very, very good, very, very fast. Um, mm. In terms of, we've obviously started to see it and there's been, it's, maybe it's been a bit clunky or whatever and everything's been early adopters, but when people nail it, I think it's going to get rolled out across yeah. an awful lot. And everything. I think it's, um, you know, I think, and again, I think there's so much that you can do with it. It's going to be, you know, incredible, incredible what the, from a creative point of view, um, you know, no longer will you need, it'll it'll really change budgets quite honestly in terms of because you can now you know create something vast and everything without you know a lot you know without having the, the physical space and everything or the uh you know the, the materials needed um so that'd be really interesting um <laughs> whether or not it's a trend or anything like that is yeah. is drones I yeah. am a you know you know if you see how good some of these drone drivers or flyers have started to become and what content they can capture with drones and everything, it takes a whole nother level to uh, yeah. this kind of immersive um, you know different angle. There's an amazing footage of a drone following a race car. I don't know if you've seen it. And it's yeah, have you seen it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like this is amazing and everything like this is really great so how somebody you know again you know i'm always if some one of our videographers or somebody that we were on set and they're like you know and they're like oh yeah i do drones i'm like you do drones okay <laughs> yeah all right then good let's uh let's 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 stay in touch because i think you know yeah. drones will be able to give you you know another level on content you know just gives you a different perspective and i think i think that's that's that'll be I think that would be really nice um, moving forward. Um, so I would say probably those two um, that yeah. I, I think are going to be um, you know super valuable in the next few years or so. No, I can't. I can't wait. But just before I ask you, and I'm dreading asking you answers to what the foot you line for. I just wanted to conclude and say, obviously, I know you spend a lot of time with athletes. I've always been a big believer that, as we've seen in the European Super League and. The main reason why I set up the podcast was to sort of bridge the gap between fans and people working behind the scenes in football. That that fans are one of the most sort of forgotten groups within football when decisions are being made. And I think after that tends to be a lot of the athletes. You look at the amount of games they have to play, the the commitment that they have to that, that, that they have to make off the field as well. Um, what's what's been your sort of experience in terms of? working with them and, and working behind the scenes with first and foremost they're, they're people you're dealing yeah. with people um they are not superhuman in the sense that they are uh, bulletproof you know um i think my learnings with my role and everything uh and my experiences and everything the the well, the relationship that I've been able to build with someone like Jess and the other athletes in the past and everything comes from being able to understand who they are as a person, first and foremost, um, and really um, building that trust with them and, yeah. um, you know, being able to give them the confidence that you are going to be able to elevate their uh, career in a certain way that they want, um, but you understand you know, who they are as people and everything. Um, and so from that side, you know, I think that's really, really important because 
fans are it's fan is just short for fanatical right yeah. so you know sometimes it can get overwhelming you know if you're trying to walk from point a to point b and you know you're stopped 50 times you know it can get to you know unfortunately you might you know you, you might be happy for the first five ten fifteen or whatever but eventually yeah. you're gonna you know you are gonna start to get drained down and everything so people need to kind of like you know and that would be for any work, work person you know so they're not they're not superhuman and they're not infallible like that they have you know you have to people you know i don't know if you can really um you know hold them always so high and everything because you know they are dealing with emotions here you know you and i wake yeah. up tomorrow morning you know we could be feeling happy or tomorrow and the next day we might be feeling, you know it, it it depends right so you know that so i think that's you know one of the one things i always try and you know get across like yeah they are superstars in their right you know they're foot, you know they're superstar footballers and everything and they have they are uh you know big names and everything and they they understand that and they recognize that and everything but they are people you know and they have the same you know desires and passions and you know thoughts and feelings that we all do um and it's when you forget that that they it becomes a little bit difficult for them to you know to really understand like okay this isn't fair on how you know yeah. they're expected to be yeah do you know what is? i think people should just let them be really like, i had kieran Maguire come on and i i asked him how he would feel he's a football finance expert and he's a brighton fan and i asked him like you've got quite a lot of exciting young players there, like Basuma and Ben White and Tariq Lamptey. How would you feel as a Brighton fan if they were to leave the club? And and he said that he, he would wish them well. Like these are brothers, sons, someone's grandson, and at the end of the day, they're just human beings, and they're not. They don't belong to someone. They don't belong to to a club. They're just people at the end of the day. And I, I found that to be a quite quite a powerful thing that he mentioned there. Mm, no, for sure, absolutely. But yeah, uh, Toby, this is the point I'm stressing out for, but um, it's, it's time to reveal your answers. Okay, so um, the lie was I have not been thanked in three autobiographies. Oh. Yes. How, may, how many was it? Was it one? Was it two? Or was it... You know what? I actually... <laughs> you know you don't what? know. Actually, you don't know. <laughs> I don't. Th I don't think I've been. I don't think I've been thanked in any of them. If I'm being totally honest, I mean, yeah. if somebody has thanked me, uh, that would be news to me. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, I've uh, I've not been thanked in any autobiographies yet. But uh, yeah, we um, we were um, threatened essentially by the uh, Serbian uh, mafia over a failed uh, transfer in France. And um, I was offered ten thousand in cash to. Uh, uh, get one of the, the boys to go on a show uh, which we were watching the uh, the taping of just to go on and step on and everything but turned it down because it was the it wasn't right it was it was yeah it was a little messed up um and uh yeah we uh you know we we said thanks but we left shortly after yeah and i have lost again haven't i i don't know I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've lost i've lost so many times i've just stopped keeping count to be honest but um, but yeah, keep, you're not good keep, at this. Keep, come on, man. No, no. Do you know what it is? Like I used, I used to be good at it, but oh, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to me. I've just lost my um, I lost my. Do you know what it is? The worst person who's tricked me at this was um, 
I don't remember what he said, but it was Dave Bassett, actually. He, he did a number on me. And who else? Someone else actually gave me all three as lies, and there were no truths in there. So um, they, they that's actually... That's just, not the game. Yeah. That's it's, not they, the game, huh? That's... No, it's, it's, it's not the game. It's not the game, but they they done me on my own show, Toby. On my own show. Um, but yeah, we like to end the uh, end the show with the what the footy question, which is what would you like to see happen or change within your space? So what would you like to see happen or change within the world of athlete branding? Yeah, I think within the athlete branding space, it's not necessarily what I would like it to change. Um, but I think what is slowly, you know, will change too, is these smaller teams around the boys and everything. You know, yeah. I think we're very lucky with our setup around Jess and everything. We've got, uh, there's a, you know, it's a small team and everything, but it's an amazing team you know, everyone brings so much value to, you know, Jess and everything. Um, but it's because we, you know, we also, we can all, like I said before, we can all help elevate his career in a certain way and we can, you know, achieve the goals that we know that we want to do with him and everything. But it's because we're day to day with him, you know, we know him inside out, back to front. So uh, there's nothing that we ever do that uh, ever compromises, you know, that and everything um yeah. and i think you know you you do see it right that's why there is you know uh you know fathers uncles you know brothers especially you know cousins whatever it could be because there's an, an innate level of trust that this person is going to look out for me this person knows who me and this person is going to want the best for me and everything um and you know those, you know, those people as well can have really great sets of skills that can actually, you know, do the business side. So I think that, and that's not me saying that, you know, big agencies uh, will suffer. Big agencies have a place in it and everything. Um, again, it's going to be personal preference for players or athlete, for athletes, how they want to be, you know, how they want it. But, you know, I, 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 can, I can see that, you know, smaller teams that are super dedicated, super hyper-focused on one or two guys, you know, um, is something that, especially within the elite athlete branding, that, you know, want to be like, actually, no, I want to be a brand, we'll, we'll, we'll take forward and everything. Yeah, no, that's really powerful. And uh, Toby, thank you for your time, man. Toby Wakefield, the man behind the superstar, the athlete branding expert. Thank you for coming on, on the What The Fit You podcast, man. No, thank you so much, Paul. It's been really good and, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Big up and big love to everyone that's tuned into the pod since it returned in early Feb. I started off the year with Chris Kirkland talking about life after Premier League football and now we wrap up with Toby Wake where we have just spoken about the world of athlete branding. In between, we had some gems from legends in the game like Les Reed and Neil Bamfield. I'll be taking a mini sabbatical I'll be back in late July slash August. Between now and then, there's a few little announcements that are sort of in the pipeline. So be sure and make sure to follow What The Footy across all social channels. That's Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. It's at What The Footy. So guys, I hope you loved this episode. So download, subscribe, rate and review and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's go. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? Knew some other guys liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school, now supporting us. Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that, but then also 
they need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. Let's just win this to appease the fan. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Minute Maid slushies are back at McDonald's. And if you'd like to thank me for that information, I'll gladly take a slushie. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now, treat yourself to a small Minute Maid slushie, like the new strawberry watermelon flavor for $1.59. Or try small McCafe frappes and smoothies for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Limited time only. Minute Maid is a trademark of the Coca-Cola Company.